Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Players on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. All right. All righty. Well, it is a football <laughs> Friday here in the Queen City, even though the Panthers are off this week. And one of the things that we've been talking about is comparing Bryce Young to C.J. Stroud. And yesterday, Trevor Sikkim, you heard from him earlier in the show. He was on with our afternoon host, Kyle Bailey. And he talked about the different situations that Bryce Young is in compared to what C.J. Stroud has down in H-Town. Even with a banged-up offensive line in Houston, I think things are still worse in Carolina than they are with the Houston Texans. And I think you just got to kind of like hat tip and, and give some respect to what C.J. Stroud's able to do in that certain situation. I don't really think it takes away too much from what the long-term outlook might be for Bryce Young. But very clearly, what you said, they're in sync right now. The offensive coordinator, the play calling, what C.J. Stroud is seeing, what they need him to see, how the receivers are getting open, when they're getting open – it is all so much more in sync than it is in Carolina. They're just, it, it does not have that confidence. There's no continuity. There's no chemistry there. So that really, to me, is the big difference. To me, it's not this, hey, this was the guy. CJ Stroud should have been the guy all along. I don't, I don't believe that, certainly six weeks into this thing. But there's no doubt about it. They are operating much more confidently than Carolina is. Uh, when you hear a bite like that, I, I think that that was great because I think it provides a lot of context to the situation. I think you look at it, man, football is such a situational game. And I think that if C.J. Stroud will hear a lot of the issues that you're going through, we've heard about the accuracy of Bryce Young when receivers are open. And we see him improving steadily each week. But just because of what C.J. Stroud is doing in Houston. That does not mean that that would happen here. Yes, they're sitting at 3-3, three and three, but that does not mean that the Carolina Panthers would be 3-3 three and three if C.J. Stroud was the quarterback. And I think fans, they get caught up in that a lot and thinking, well, if he's doing this here, he'd be doing this here. No, it doesn't always work out like that, man. It depends on situation, personnel, how things come together. All of that plays into a factor. So I think when we like to play the comparison game, it can get us into a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I mean, I just go back to the way I thought about the NFL draft. If, if, if you would have told me that the C.J. Stroud I saw make every throw against Georgia in the playoff game that, that Ohio State lost, if that's the guy I was going to get every Sunday, I would have drafted him over Bryce Young. Didn't think I was going to get that guy because he was so inconsistent at big games. So I think he's off to a really fast start. I still think when the dust settles, Carolina will be happy with their selection. Not to say that Stroud's not going to be a great quarterback. I think he's going to be the franchise quarterback that Houston needs. I do think, though, Bryce, <clears throat> Bryce Young will hold up his end of the bargain. Moving on. Remember yesterday, sure. Wes, we had a lot of uh, LaMelo ball hate we, had, we, we talked we about when we did our Mellow Mania segment. Well, now we got audio mm -hmm. of Jay King. He joined the NBA Athletics Show and offered this take about the Hornet superstar. Most overrated young player. Jay, we'll start with you. LaMelo Ball. Oh, he's wow. been itching. LaMelo Ball. What? He's so good. I just, oh, so yeah. I got a question. Like, so you, so you put him on a playoff level team. What does he turn into? still probably an inefficient chucker who makes great brilliant passes from time to time right. but also settles for 
bad shots, takes floaters that he doesn't really make too often. Um, to me, his issue is like he picks away possessions, just picks them away, and you cannot have a point guard doing that. And he's an all he's been an all star. Like this is a guy who should be held to a really high standard because his teams have been bad. And I understand like. Like, let's say, look at Devin Booker. His efficiency was bad until the team got good. And then it was like, oh, actually, he's been really good this whole time. But his troop shooting percentage wasn't there because he was playing with bums. And that matters. The environment matters. Mm -hmm. I think it's entirely possible that in a better situation, LaMelo Ball would play differently. From what we've seen, he just pisses away too many possessions. He doesn't play defense. Two years ago, there were four. He's a six-seven point guard. He should be so good defensively. He's yeah. so long. Like, why are you not good defensively? That it makes no sense. Man, definitely some harsh critiques there. Is there some truth there? Sure. And is there some things there that we necessarily don't agree with? Sure. But I think that all of this tells me was some of the things that we talked about yesterday and what we talked about today. That tells me that this is a proven year for LaMelo Ball. This is your fourth season at the helm in Charlotte. You've you got the a, bag. Yeah, you've gotten a young guy moniker. You've gotten to make your mistakes and say, oh, well, he's young. He's still learning. This is year four now. This tells me for me, it's time to turn up. It's time to put it together because that's been one of my critiques of LaMelo uh, since he's been in the league, especially as he started to get a little bit older, is controlling the tempo of games. Yeah. That's the next level for LaMelo is being able to control the tempo. We see Luka, we see Jokic, we see some of the great players in the game really control the tempo uh, of basketball games. And how do you do that? Getting to the line more, understanding the floor of the game. If a team is on an 8-10-0 run, okay, I'm going to go in here and attack the basket, get fouled, go to the line, slow this game down, be able to bring my team down. The turnovers, yeah, it is a little on the high side when you look at last season, 3.6 per game, but he's still at around a 2-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. So, yes, there are some ways that he needs to get better. He's 22. But, yeah, from what I'm hearing, this is going to be a big prove-it season for LaMelo. LaMelo needs to take all of this criticism. If he hears it, bottle it up and go out there and shut everybody up. I just think I watch I watch him play 82 nights a game. He impacts winning. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's a flashy guy that doesn't impact winning. Like, there's a clear difference in the team that we see on the court with LaMelo as opposed to this uh, as opposed to the team we saw we saw last year when LaMelo was not on the court. Moving on, working some college football. Um, a lot of hype. A lot of uh, belief is, is starting to come about the Tar Heels being a legit threat to make. The ACC title game, maybe even be a dark horse to make the college football playoff. Former national champion quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide is just uh, Greg McElroy. It's just the latest to become a believer in my Tar Heels. <laughs> North Carolina is very real. I continue to be very, very impressed with how much they grow on a week-to-week basis. I think they're really solid on defense. They continue to apply decent pressure with their defensive line. Cayman Rucker is awesome. And the other thing I'll say about this, Tez Walker makes them very different. When you have Tez Walker and you have a game-changing X receiver that you can just put out there and you got to double that guy because the safety, you got to kind of put him over the top because if he gets one-on-one, he will bury you. That makes them very different. And I think it's going to make them extremely difficult to defend. Amari and Hampton goes for nearly 200. 
on the ground. The run game was really solid as well. Had a couple big runs. So this North Carolina team, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as to say they're the best team in the ACC. I still think Florida State has a slight edge there. But man, that gap, it's getting more and more narrow as the weeks go along. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I will say for your Tar Heel City, the thing that I didn't believe in the most that is coming to fruition is that this defense is serviceable at worst right now. They are uh, putting teams behind the chains. They're getting stops when they need to, where in years past, especially with Drake May, you felt like that no matter what, and with Sam Howell as well, you felt like the UNC was going to play arena football every single week. You felt like that no matter what happens, this crew is going to come out and have to win games uh, with their offense because you knew that the defense was going to bend and break. And you look at guys like Omari and Hampton that's sitting at 109 yards per game rushing, leading the ACC. Who would have thought UNC would have had a running back that's leading the conference and rushing? Tez Walker, who we're going to talk about in the next segment and what type of difference he makes, he's definitely coming out there giving them another weapon. So, yeah, man, I mean, I have I know that I picked them 6-6 six and six to start the season. <laughs> I don't know if I'm at the college football playoff level or even the ACC championship game level I yet. I can't wait for that Chima dinner, baby. But this is a team <laughs> that week to week, uh, they've been getting a job done, man, in a real way. All right, the last thing, and look, I do want to address, we are getting the text about the Brandon Miller stuff. We're going to dive into it and get a chance to react uh, in the next segment. But, Wes, a lot of talk about system quarterbacks and how they exist in the NFL. And uh, Mike McDaniel was asked if Tua is a system quarterback, and the Dolphins head coach didn't take too kind to that assessment. There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks in this scheme with you as the coach, with Tyreek and Jalen. Maybe even many, many quarterbacks would excel, would flourish, would be near the top of the passer Raider leading MVP candidate. What, if any, pushback is there relative to, wait, no, no, hold on. Tua is a little bit. Let's push this podium over. Um, (laughs) My my answer to that would would be who the F cares because it is a team where – we're working together, and I know one thing. Um, I've coached stuff a long time. I haven't seen um, people do what our guys do. Um, yeah, man, this is one of the labels that I kind of hate. Because uh, cause your guy got the label, too. And yeah. I, I was guilty of it until I <laughs> saw him make. There were three to four throws Purdy made against the Cowboys on primetime where I'm mm-hmm. like, Look, the, he's in a system that benefits him because he's got great players around him. Yeah. But he can make the throws that you got to make at this level. Same thing can be said about Tua. Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't feel like you could just take any quarterback. Obviously, there's quarterbacks of a certain ilk that you could put into that Dolphin system that would still thrive. But you guys are forgetting, man. Coming out of high school, Tua was that guy. Going to Alabama, he was that guy. At Alabama, he was that guy. Like, Tua's the real deal. This isn't like they just took some guy out of nowhere and they're balling out. And there's been uh, not enough of a sample size in the Dolphins' offense to prove if he is or isn't a system player. But, again, you want to be in a great system. Everybody strives to be in a great system. But Tua's accuracy, uh, the things that he brings to the table, I think he's going to be successful if you give him the requisite weapons and a good offensive line. And I think that he's going to put up numbers, but people always love to uh, go to those types of labels. But that's the live wire with Josh Fitty Marlowe.